0: Welcome everybody to The Big News in the Trenches podcast. This is uh another episode where we're going to have a whole big old thing of some conference preview for college football. It's going to be big and impressive and then we're going to get out of here. Yeah, that that sounds about right. No, it doesn't. We have two other things we're going to do. We have news we get to first nope. as always. Nope, now we have a bracket time. I mean this episode's gonna be loaded, dude. I don't know how we're gonna be able to get to it.
1: The same way we always do.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I got it right. If you haven't noticed yet, we are missing one of our co hosts. Bug will be back with us, I believe, next week, right?
1: Yeah, he should be back next week. Uh he went to go a little vacation with the family. He's out on the lake and frankly, I'm just jealous. I'm not mad, but definitely Definitely a little jealous. I'm both mad and jealous. So, But are you <laughs> mad because you're jealous? No. Okay. Nope.
0: Vacations are not allowed. When That's I take a vacation, true. I will take my microphone with me and... <laughs> I will slap you if you do that. <laughs> well, if I take a vacation, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, before we get really started here, I do want to say shout out to Paolo Banchero. Number one overall pick in the NBA draft tonight. Bro,
1: but we're not a basketball podcast.
0: Never heard of this guy before in my life, so I'm not kidding either. I, this is legitimately the first I've seen his name anywhere. That's fair. So that's cool. Good for him. Uh, Some dude named Benedict Matherin just got selected. That's a crazy name, and I respect it. But let's get back to what we actually want to talk about, which is football.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I prefer football. I know football.
0: And, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get started with some NFL news. So, a bad week for the Baltimore Ravens, I would say. Uh, Former defensive tackle, Super Bowl champion, the Goose, has passed away at the age of 55. Um. Really, from from every story I've heard about the guy, just a fantastic human. In addition to being a really good defensive tackle, so yeah, sucks to see. Uh, Tony Siragusa is just one of the legends of the franchise. Honestly,
1: I I don't have much to add, man. This this sucks all the way across, uh, and it's it's only going to get worse here on the show before it gets better. Yeah, um, but I before. Just...
0: Before they lost Goose, they lost active roster member linebacker Jalen Ferguson. He's only 26 years old. Uh, Currently unknown cause of death. Wow. I mean, wow. This one's tough because they haven't released
1: a cause of death yet, which usually indicates that there's something going on behind the scenes that they don't want people to know about yet, and that's concerning. Um I don't want to get into speculation, but what I do want to do is, is let everyone know that that you know what I can give, which is thoughts and feelings, as as useless as that might be, um, go out to their families, uh, both both of these guys, and and I hope they they make it through.
0: Big T's and P's from the BDTs. Yeah, yeah, big T's and P's from the BDTs. <laughs> That's terrible, but we have to laugh sometime, or else. World will take us down with it. All right. Rob Gronkowski is retired. Again. Uh more sad news for the Baltimore Ravens, I guess. Or are they happy about this one? I
1: yeah. I don't know. Do they play the do they play the box this year? <laughs> I have no idea.
0: <laughs> I was just trying to think of a transition somehow. No, there was nothing there. Uh so this is the second time Gronkowski is retired. How many Super Bowls has he won? Three, four. That's yeah, it's crazy. like three or four. They, it's in fact, probably... do
1: play the Buccaneers, so this is good news hey. for the Ravens.
0: Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that really does to the depth chart at tight end. I think their starting tight end is going to be Cameron Brait, which is like, that's not the best starting tight end no. you could have. Well, uh, they still have O.J. Howard, don't they? No, he's on the Bills now.
1: Wow, oh, it means I have to deal with him.
0: Exactly. disgusting good news for the Ravens, bad news for the Dolphins yeah right (laughs) Uh, you know what else is bad news for the Ravens the Steelers just signed Larry Ogunjobi Uh, apparently he had a foot issue which prevented him from signing with the Bears like he was intending to so he didn't pass his physical but now he has recovered from that and passed his physical and got a one year 8 million dollar deal to go to Pittsburgh (sighs) not bad not bad at all. I would definitely take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Larry Ogunjobi is going to be playing for his third different AFC North team. He's trying to get. He's trying to get bonus points for hitting all of them. The AFC North gauntlet. I mean, yep. it can be done. It can be done. I think Kevin Zeitler was one team away, and he was missing the Steelers. So, at least Ogunjobi has the Steelers now. Yeah. If he can get in on with the Ravens, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. That would be very impressive. I don't know any player who's actually been able to pull that off in the AFC North. I don't know.
1: I, dude, it's tough. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick was close to pulling it off in the AFC
0: East. He was close to pulling it off with every A lot division. of divisions, yeah. <laughs> uh, the New England Patriots, in totally unrelated news, well, are kind bringing of. back their throwback red jerseys, which is amazing. Tom Brady tweeted out a little gif of like, "What the, f- what the fuck? I retire and then we bring these back?" Like... But he didn't retire. <laughs> you
1: unretired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. I know. Shut up and enjoy but, your
1: cream skills there, Tom. <laughs> no, no, in, they, in all seriousness. I was going to say, in all seriousness, I'm excited to see. Pat Patriot come back. That's a fantastic logo. The uniform looks slick. Man, I'm so happy. So very happy the NFL's getting rid of the one helmet rule. And, and yeah.
0: I'm ready. I'm ready for it, man. I saw the Saints are going to do a black helmet this year. I think the Bucks are exploring creamsicle options.
1: Yeah, but dude, it's it's when the, the Falcons break out, the Dirty Bird Reds. That's going to
0: mmm. Mm. 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 <laughs> the Jets pull out their weird uniforms. One team who's definitely not going to bring out throwback uniforms is Washington Commanders. They might. You never know. Dan Snyder is a
1: fantastic human being.
0: <laughs> As this lawsuit is just proving again and again, what a wonderful human being Dan Snyder is. <laughs> just, Oh, man. Every time he speaks, I'm reminded of his greatness. <laughs> as a person, ah, <laughs> oh, dude, it's
1: I. How does he still own the team?
0: Well, it Roger Goodell had to come out and officially say, "I don't have the authority to remove him." So,
1: no, but the other owners do.
0: <laughs> they're still making money. They don't care. Yeah, no, but they
1: weren't making as much money. We covered this. He 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 lied to them.
0: Well, that's why there's a trial going on. But yeah. other than that. They don't care. <laughs> Terrible. This this whole deal with the with Washington is just like it's kind of unreal to me how far this has gone. It's gone at this point. It feels like it's gone further than that situation with the Clippers. And yep. they were able to force Sterling out. So I mean, I know it's we, a matter of time. I've been at the same points for the past three weeks, but it's yeah. It's it's going on, and it's really kind of hilarious to watch the dumpster fire. Yeah, at this point,
1: it's it's hilarious. (laughs) It's absolutely insane that this is still going on. It has been going on for three years now. Like, it's just time, man.
0: (laughs) So, kind of a transition piece here between NFL and college news. Sean McVay is getting a statue at nice. Miami of Ohio's Cradle of Coaches.
1: Nice. You might be
0: wondering, why is he getting a statue at Miami of Ohio? Well, he played wide receiver for the Redhawks back <laughs> a long time ago, as did a whole bunch of other people. Like, they played for Miami, they started their coaching career at Miami. Weirdly enough, Miami of Ohio is like a really... Common starting place for great coaches. Are Are you telling me
1: that Sean McVay used to catch touchdown passes from Ben Roethlisberger? I don't think
0: they played on the same team, but I I gotta
1: look this up now because the timing yeah, is right. A,
0: age is about correct. I mean, it's I didn't even think about that. Actually, that's fascinating. But he is the second former a Miami of Ohio player to uh, win a Super Bowl as a head coach after John Harbaugh did it. So did he play with Ben Roethlisberger? One year missed it. His freshman year was 05. Man.
1: (laughs) So technically (laughs) two years because Roethlisberger was drafted in 04.
0: Right. Still. Still. The fact that that almost works is incredible. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, the Cradle of Coaches, which if you've never heard of it, most people haven't, that's totally fine. It's right outside of Jaeger Stadium, which is at the university. Uh, It has statues of all the alumni, all the people who started there, who went on to become great coaches. I mean, Red Blake started there. Uh, Wee Bubanks, Paul Brown, Paul Dietzler, Bo Buckler started there, which as much as I can't stand the guy, he's a one of the greatest coaches in college football history, right? John Harbaugh, Sean McVay, both won Super Bowls now. So this is a truly an impressive list of alumni and coaches who have really shaped the game of football. It's pretty incredible. It's
1: a, it's a fantastic group to be a part of and be a name with all the way through that. That's Big step for uh, for Sean McVay there, even if it's nothing he actually did. It's just like in recognition of still fantastic.
0: Another college, which has become interestingly a hotbed of coaches in the past, I guess, this current century. Uh, Youngstown State, pretty close by. Jim Trussell is announced he is retiring as president of Youngstown State today. He is seventy years old, so it kind of makes sense. How does that you make go. you feel, man? I'm, I'm glad he didn't ruin his legacy like Urban Meyer did. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the, he's one of the people I've been able to really look up to for a long time and not regret my decision. So that's cool. That yeah, that checks. <laughs> so, very Speaking. happy for him. And happy for his family.
1: Yeah, no, honestly, fantastic career all the way through. It's unfortunate that it's tainted by stupid NCAA rules that really did nothing. But absolutely fantastic coaching career. And then fantastic post-coaching career for Jim Trestle out there at Youngstown State.
0: If you, for some reason, don't recognize that name, he used to be the head coach at the Ohio State University. And I do say the trademark of the Ohio State University. Ohio State University. <laughs> <laughs> they won the trademark battle. After three-year legal battle, Ohio State owns the trademark that, for the word the, which is that the was one of the first, in the
1: English language. That was one of the first stories we covered
0: on this podcast. Yes. Yes, it is. That's, so, apparently, this makes it a little bit better, but it's still really weird. So, apparently, there was a fashion designer who was trying to make clothing with the the, and Ohio State was like, okay, if we don't apply for a trademark, we won't be able to use that in the future. And so there, it was like a little bit of a defensive application there, trying to say, hey, we would like to be able to produce merchandise with the on it, because people know that as Ohio State, uh, if you are a fan of Ohio State, or at least watch Sunday Night Football. So... <laughs> It's it's still really weird, man. I don't know. I don't know what I, to say. I get it.
1: And it wasn't it just a few years ago too. Not only was it Mark Jacobs, but it was like the University of Michigan tried to tried, they to, trade tried to trademark
0: as well. they tried to trademark the word of because U of M which First off, when you say U of win. M when
1: you say U of M I think of the U. I'm sorry. Like
0: well, that's weird because they have never, never called themselves that.
1: I know, so. it's just I don't know. God, all these <laughs> They didn't win are that though. Ohio state say, did yeah. win.
0: So yeah, great week to be a buckeye. So so we are no um, longer
1: we are no longer the big dudes in the trenches. We are just big like, dudes in the trenches.
0: Or we or, are uh, the... big
1: dudes in trenches.
0: We are the trademark of the Ohio State University. Big dudes in the <laughs> trademark of the Ohio State University trenches. I feel like I need to submit all of, like my PowerPoint presentations that I do for work. I need to submit oh them, get them approved by Ohio State. Before. Please, <laughs> please troll them like that. I need express written consent from the Ohio State University <laughs> for every. I wonder if that's what that the
1: do. actual trademark says.
0: No, it doesn't. It's for merchandise, specifically. For clothing, specifically, I believe. So, still. It's it's really weird, I know. (laughs) But they won, so it's a thing now. Anyway, I I don't normally like to talk about recruiting on this show, but there was something really crazy that happened in the world of recruiting this week when uh, three of the top 50 recruits in the nation for the Class of 2023 committed to Ohio State, back-to-back-to-back days. All at the wide receiver position. Wow.
1: (laughs) I didn't realize all three were wide receivers. Oh,
0: yes. Bro, Brian Hartline hasn't gotten a raise
1: yet. Now's the time, man.
0: Uh, He did. It's pretty significant. It needs to be more. I'm aware. (laughs) Apparently, he was being recruited to go be offensive coordinator at a couple of different schools this past offseason. Ohio State said, mm, we'll give you the most positional coach money in history to stay here. And he was like, okay, sure.
1: Honestly, <laughs> part, part of the reason that he's so successful in recruiting is he genuinely loves Ohio State. Right. And that's – the kids buy off on that. They see that. It's right. fantastic. And that's that's what's driving this, honestly.
0: Well, and he was a successful NFL receiver. He knows how to play receiver the right way. I could tell immediately when he got into the receiver coaching position that there was a real change in how the receivers at Ohio State played the game. They were always getting two feet down now. They were, I mean, the way they moved their heads was different. I mean, everything. It It was really crazy seeing that change. Which needs to happen. That's why you saw two first-round receivers coming out of Ohio State now. Technically three. Kind of three. I don't think he would have been a first-rounder without going to Alabama. Well, no, because he
1: wouldn't have seen the field. But that right. that just goes to, to tell you. You had a first-round pick that was going to sit the bench at Ohio State. Right. like, it, And they, I believe they went back-to-back-to-back, to back to back too. I believe it was Chris Olave or... Uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. It was Olave, Garrett Wilson,
0: yep. Chris um, Olave,
1: and then and then Jamison Williams, back to back to back.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> it, but but that that can't be why that Cardinal Tate changed his uh his mojo from from uh, Tennessee to uh, to Ohio State. It can't have anything to do with the success of that coaching room, right? And the success right. of that wide receiver room. No, no, no. There's other underlying reasons.
0: So, for Carnell Tate, it was supposed to be USC and Ohio State. It was either staying closer to home at USC or going to Ohio State. And then out of nowhere, Tennessee came in with a bag and tried to swing him for the money. And he said, okay, interesting.
1: No, I'm going to Ohio
0: State anyway. I mean, same kind of deal with Brandon Innes. Honestly, he was getting, it was like USC, Ohio State. You want to play for Ryan Day or Lincoln Riley as a receiver? It's yeah. Those are two great options, right? What are you gonna do? So then all these guys are in camp with the 2024. Commit at quarterback, who's number one quarterback in the class, right? At Ohio State. They're in Columbus. Like, yeah, all right. This is this is the place for me. It's really crazy. That doesn't happen all the time. That's one the only reason I'm talking about it. I don't. Like, talking about recruiting on the show, because I don't want to get my hopes up too much. And I could spend all day doing it, like we're doing right now. So, let's well, move on. <laughs> even moving on,
1: though, it's we're not getting away from the recruiting news. The sweepstakes is over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, how bad does Quinn Ewers feel about his life right now? I mean... <laughs> I mean, granted, he's sitting on a bag, so probably not too bad. Right, right. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, go wipe his tears with his millions. <laughs> who cares? Oh, no. But Arch Manning is going to Texas.
1: Money.
0: Arch Manning is going to Texas, which I kind of knew, right? If you follow recruiting, you kind of knew that was where he was leaning because Alabama went ahead and took a four-star quarterback in the 2023 class. You don't do that if you're going to s- still get Arch Manning, right?
1: That's interesting though. That makes it interesting for Alabama for, for they because Bryce Young, no Bryce Young will still be there in twenty three, or is it, no he does come out this year.
0: He'd be eligible after this season.
1: I thought he's a true freshman last year for some reason.
0: Either way, that that
1: makes it interesting because that might be a year where Alabama doesn't really have that quarterback. I don't know who I mean... they have behind Bryce Young, but.
0: Right. I mean, they probably have eight different five-star guys behind Bryce that's Young. That's fair. It's Alabama. So, Arch Manning, yeah, he's going to Texas. That's fine. We'll see if he actually stays at Texas at this point. I don't it, know. That's a big
1: win for, for Steve Sarkeesian in, in the Longhorns. Like, I understand we're still a year out, but that's a, that's a big win for them. Even if it doesn't pan out that well, that remains to be seen. But this, on the surface, is really good for him in, in that program.
0: I am afraid for Texas with this because of the expectations that are going to come with them. Like, everyone's expecting Arch Manning to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Since Peyton Manning, yeah. Which is not fair. He's not that level of quarterback. Everybody has him ranked as the number one recruit in the nation because his name is Manning. Not because he plays that well. He's like the fourth best quarterback in this class.
1: I was going to say, let's not forget that he is not the son of either Peyton or Eli. He's the son of the one that didn't make the NFL.
0: Right. I mean, I hope he works out. I really do. I hope that for everybody getting recruited right now. Legitimately, I hope it works out for you. At the same time, I don't see it really working out. Because it's an overrated recruit going to an overrated school with an overrated coaching staff. It just happens so many times at Texas. They get these good recruiting classes, highly ranked recruiting classes. They all underperform all the time. It's been happening at Texas since 2006. 2005 was the last time they had anything worthwhile. So, uh, I don't know what to expect out of this. I really, I think Quinn Ewers is a better quarterback than Arch Manning. And I don't think when Ewers ought to be afraid, other than the name recognition. But Ewers has that too now, so on his own. Not the same yeah, as Manning. Fair.
1: Not not the same level, but it's still there.
0: Right, right. Uh, I don't know. I wish Bug were here to talk about Arch Manning a little bit. I think he would have a lot to say. Uh, a lot of hatred to spew at him because his name is Manning, so that's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's not going going to the other UT.
0: According- we lost to shit. <laughs> man. They already paid a quarterback to come in 2023. They don't need to pay Arch Manning as well. I don't think they had a chance, man, even with Peyton.
1: I think no, Peyton, Peyton looked at him and said, I think Peyton looked at him and said, bro, I would not go there. It's
0: It's gone okay, downhill, it- man. It came down to Alabama, Texas. There was one other school kind of in contention, but it was obviously Alabama or Texas. So, was I mean, Ohio you can State
1: play. ever, ever in the running yeah. for that, or just no interest?
0: No, he wanted to stay in the South, which is fine. Do you? Mm-hmm. We'll win without you. Doesn't matter.
1: Lends credence <laughs> to the idea though that Texas and uh, Oklahoma are going to try and jump by twenty three,
0: twenty four. Yeah, true. True. We'll see. I could definitely see Arch Manning playing in orange in the SEC. Oh, no, that's going to happen. It's a matter of time. It might not, technically. Technically.
1: Now you got me thinking how it wouldn't happen. If he transfers.
0: (laughs) Oof. When they go four and eight this year.
1: Bro, so Texas is one of those schools that has been highlighted as one of the worst ones for, for boosters paying for recruits to come. Could you imagine what would happen if they voided his, his eligibility?
0: That might be the most Texas thing ever. I don't think Texas would have that problem. If anybody has that problem right now, it would be Texas a which he's not going there. So we'll see. Apparently Nick Saban, according to Texas A&M. Anyway, (laughs) let's get off recruiting. This has been too much recruiting talk for an episode of BDT. Uh, On to some irrelevant stuff, like Nevada and their athletic director.
1: Hey, that's marginally relevant today. We're going to be talking about them later.
0: (laughs) That's kind of the only reason I had it in the news. We are going to be talking about the Mountain West later. One of the things that has happened recently that will affect the Mountain West. Nevada just got a new athletic director, Stephanie Rempe, former LSU uh, deputy athletic director and chief operating officer. She has also been an executive at Texas A&M, Washington, Oklahoma, and UTSA. I believe she is a graduate of Utah, so not much experience with Mountain West. But all around the country, and plenty of high-level executive experience. Interesting to see the move, and I'm sure she was just looking for promotion at this point. Yeah, I gotta say, you're right. Not a lot of
1: not a lot of experience with the Mountain West, but she had a lot of Power Five experience, and that is a big deal.
0: I wonder if bringing her in would have changed Jay Norvell's mind about leaving for Colorado State. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What a slap in the face. Not only are you going to leave to an equivalent position, you're going to do it in the same conference. <laughs> like...
0: I we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. But for right now, oh. let's jump to our non-NFL pro news. Um, and I want to start off by saying Zappers Championship merch is now available. If you go to fcf.io, you can go to their store and get some championship merch. Pretty incredible. You edit there right now?
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. I have it loading. I'll look it up.
0: <laughs> There's good. jerseys, shirts, hats. You can get a pennant. You can get a flag. Kind of cool. I respect it. Fun stuff. We are part owners of the Zappers. So, you know, we shout are it
1: champions. out. We are champions, sir.
0: Yes. Yes. We are part champions.
1: No, no, we are champions. (laughs) Uh,
0: The USFL has all the exciting stuff happening right now, though. Uh, The playoffs are about to start, actually, this Saturday, June 25, at 3 p.m. Eastern. On Fox, you'll see the Stars against the Generals. and At 8 p.m. on NBC, you'll see the Breakers and the Stallions. So it feels like we're very much so on a collision course with Generals and Stallions in the championship game. At the same time, now that I said that, it's definitely going to be Stars Breakers because that's how these leagues work. (laughs) I mean, but the Generals have already taken home all of the hardware. Almost all of the hardware. And that's where I was headed next. Uh, Coach of the year is Mike Riley of the Generals. MVP is Cavante Turpin, wide receiver for the Generals. Offensive player of the year is Darius Victor, running back for the Generals. And then the Gamblers got an award, too. Defensive player of the year is Chris Odom, their defensive end. So that's cool. One guy who wasn't in the playoffs won something. Nice. Everything else went to the Generals. Yeah. (laughs) They lost the first game of the season. They won out. They won in more dominant fashion the past few weeks than the Stallions have. And, I don't know. They seem pretty good.
1: <laughs> that Honestly, these are going to be two okay matchups this week, but next week it's...
0: Depa- Assuming it's General Stallions.
1: Even if it's Stars-Breakers, that's, that's going to be a good game, too. Theory, as long as it's not we'll Stars-Stallions or Breakers-Generals, I think we're in for a good championship game.
0: Honestly, I wouldn't mind Generals-Breakers. But... I don't know. I have more faith in the breakers than they deserve. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we have the playoffs this week. Next week, 4th of July weekend, we will have the championship game in Canton, Ohio. Actually, the playoffs are in Canton as well, at the Hall of Fame field. So, pretty cool. And congratulations to all the award winners from the Generals, I guess. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But with that, I think that does it for the news. And I think it's time to talk about the Mountain West. Are you ready? Does that answer your question? I think it does. For our audio all listeners, right. he changed the title on this on the slide. Yeah. Day, watch us live on Twitch to see what Tug was talking about. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Big News in the Trenches. All one word. Anyway. Our Mountain West preview here. I'm going to start off talking about the, uh, I guess, the coaching changes. Let's go, go ahead and jump in. Jay Norvell is oh my God, leaving dude. Nevada and heading for in-conference Colorado State. Wild. It really is. <laughs> like, you can't make this up, man. I kind of... Understand it though, Colorado State is definitely shown they're willing to spend more money on their athletics yeah. than Nevada is. But still, right now, that is such a lateral move, if not even a step down for a moment. I mean, it's it's wild.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it absolutely is. Like I said, it it's a lateral move in conference. The only thing that would have been worse is if it was in division.
0: Right. Which... At least it's across divisions. At least
1: I, theoretically, Hawaii would have also been a lateral move, and they were looking for a coach.
0: Yeah, Hawaii instead got Nevada wide receivers coach Timmy Chang,
1: oh my also God. former former oh quarterback
0: for Hawaii. <laughs>
1: Nevada is uh, getting gutted by the rest of the Mountain West.
0: <laughs> well, Nevada did okay for themselves. Hold off. We'll get to them in a minute. But Timmy Chang headed to Hawaii. Todd Graham quote-unquote retired when it came out that he was a terrible human being and everyone tried to transfer out of Hawaii because he was, like, not a good guy. Even his son transferred out of the school. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they got a new head coach. He is a first-time first head coach. This is a huge step up for him from position coach at Nevada to head coach at Hawaii kind of a wild move, but he was a quarterback in Hawaii. He's been around the program and he's from Hawaii, so I understand it. Also, we'll get to Nevada in a minute, but I want to talk about Fresno State. Uh their head coach left for good reasons. He got a kind of a promotion away. Kalen DeBoer is now the head coach at Washington. And uh, Fresno State went ahead and got their old coach back, Jeff yeah. Tempter, who retired for medical reasons, has recovered, and is back on the sidelines for Fresno State.
1: Good shit.
0: That That's the type of way you like to see it, unless it yeah. was,
1: you know, fake medical reasons like somebody else we know.
0: <laughs> We're not going there today. Uh, finally, time for Nevada's head coach, Ken Wilson, is the new head coach at Nevada formerly Oregon's defensive coordinator, pretty solid, must say so myself. Uh, They are losing Jay Norvell, who is probably their most successful coach in, I mean, as far as I can think of, at least, and bringing in a solid coach in Ken Wilson. That defense for Oregon really was their strongest point for the past couple of years, so... Oregon lost basically all their staff this season as well. Nevada lost all their staff. So, yeah. starting over starting over for the Wolfpack. With all these coaching changes, though, I have to say, I really don't think anybody is on the hot seat. Maybe Danny Gonzalez out of New Mexico, but he's a third-year guy. I kind of would want to see him get another season.
1: He's a third-year guy with
0: no expectations. New Mexico does not right.
1: try to compete; they just have a team. Right. And and you're you're looking at this. The guys who are in that range that would be. You would talk about hot seats. You've got San Jose State. Their dudes in their sixty. year Brent Brennan. But Brent he Brennan won the Mountain, won West. The Mountain West, say, West a couple of years ago, right? But he won the Mountain West a couple of years ago, so <laughs> they're still riding that high. Uh, Marcus Arroyo, again, same thing. UNLV right. knows their UNLV. So, yeah, and he's and then, in his
0: third year, so it's like probably yeah. give him another shot. The only guy on here that you want to see on the hot seat is Troy Calhoun. It's but never he's the longest, happen, man. he's yeah, the longest little, tenured coach in the Mountain West. Almost and by they double. T- they went ten and three and won a bowl game last year. So Dude, that's it's what they happen. do,
1: and I hate it. That is what we do.
0: <laughs> I, don't get me wrong, I love it and I hate it. Well, we'll get to it, but they're very talented this year and experienced, which is something you couldn't say last year. So this is facts. Facts. Should be a fun season for Air Force. I I will say Brady Hoke is having a hell of a run with San Diego State. I did not think he was this good of a coach, but apparently he's really great when he's at San Diego State. Bro,
1: San Diego State's (laughs) had some good runs with coaches the past couple times they've come through. And I think part True. of it is San Diego State has an identity. They hire a coach that continues to build on that identity, and they don't try to change their culture. They know what they are, and they're yeah. good at what they are, so they stick with it.
0: Same kind of deal with Wyoming. Craig Bull's been there nine seasons now. This would be his ninth season, and he just does exactly the same thing every year. He's a little bit of a thorn in everybody's side, and he goes like seven and six every year. But Here's what annoys me about Wyoming, though. They're just
1: knockoff Oklahoma State. Their mascot is a cowboy, also called Pistol Pete. Uh, They also try to call themselves the Pokes. Guys, get your own identity. Stop trying to be Oklahoma State light.
0: Hey, they are not orange and black.
1: They are yellow and brown.
0: Worst colors for a worse school.
1: I'm (laughs) just saying, I hate everything about Wyoming. If there is an in-division rival that I would have for Air Force, it would be Wyoming. Everybody else is meh, but I hate Wyoming.
0: Yeah, it does feel like you're still looking up to Boise State most seasons. So your rival's probably Wyoming, yes. Uh, The only other team that we haven't talked about much is Utah State. Out of nowhere, won the conference last season. With with a first-season head coach. Wow. Blake Anderson, we've known that Blake Anderson is pretty good. He wanted to get away. For personal reasons, out of the Sun Belt. his wife passed. He needed to get out of the area. He gets into Utah State, and just starts dominating. Yeah, what, what a bounce back for Blake Anderson! Eleven and three, Mountain West champs, won the LA Bowl. One out loss of nowhere, in, legitimately out of nowhere.
1: One loss in uh, in uh, in conference last year.
0: Just what Absolutely a season! Nuts. Yeah, and the team's not good. Like that's not a talented roster compared to other teams in the Mountain West, but he's got them win it. So I don't know what to expect out of Utah State right now. This is a this is a more really than... well coached team. It's
1: a well coached team. That's...
0: A hot <laughs> I was gonna say
1: yeah, it's a well coached team that's returning a lot. I know we're gonna be talking about Air Force here, and I think there's there's gonna be a trend here when we get down to predictions, but. Man, that you you gotta knock off Utah State this year. You you have to this is a situation kind of like uh in hockey right now with the lightning. You you need to pull them off of that seat and tell them they're no longer
0: there because there's no reason they're gonna let that go. Well, before we get to returning talent, let's talk about talent that's leaving via the draft and some big name undrafted free agents. Uh San Diego State's gonna have to replace quite a bit here. Cameron yep. Thomas Daniel Bellinger, Zachary Thomas, and a really good punter, Matt Ariza, are all leaving via the draft, which I know we don't normally talk about punters as, like, huge needs, but, you know, losing Matt Ariza is kind of a big deal. No, that that's a huge deal.
1: Um, when he can punt it, granted, it's inconsistent, and that's the issue there.
0: Right. But when you can legitimately punt it 80 yards. No, I remember the game against Air Force, you were, like, throwing fits every every yeah. 10 minutes because he was just booting it 90 yards on the field. And <laughs> like San you Diego know.
1: State would do nothing with the football. Air right. Force would do nothing with the football. Run down like 80% of the clock and then punt it 90 yards the other way. And it's like, God damn, guys.
0: <laughs> but Daniel Bellinger was legitimately one of my favorite tight end prospects. So to have to replace him is a big deal, too. Uh, I will say he wasn't as good as Trey McBride, Colorado State, who went a couple of rounds earlier. And it's it's going to be weird to see what Colorado State does this year because Trey McBride really felt like he was their offense last season. Yeah. I, speaking of was their offense, the, the one that I think is going to be
1: arguably the hardest to replace out of the entire conference is going to be Chad Muma. He was yeah. Wyoming's defense. Um, absolutely, going in the third round. Absolutely fantastic player. He's all over the field as a linebacker. Uh, he He's is the reason the,
0: Wyoming was worth watching last season. Yes, no, hundred percent.
1: So. He he, one hundred percent is your your typical middle linebacker that eats up all of the tackles. That is his job, and he does it really well.
0: So Nevada is losing Romeo Dubs. They're also losing the tight end Cole Turner. They're also losing their quarterback, who didn't get drafted, but Carson Strong is an undrafted free agent headed to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're replacing basically an entire offense, too, along with the coaching staff. Carson Strong could have stayed
1: one more year, man, and he'd have been draftable next year. That's a tough one to see.
0: Yeah, but this year was the weaker quarterback class. It, I, I understand that. better this season. But they weren't. I mean, he still didn't get drafted, so it didn't work out. But,
1: That's- yeah. <laughs> no, that's that that is gonna be tough. Um tough to replace there too. That entire offense, especially with a new new coach coming
0: in, that's a that's a brutal situation to be in. And then Greg Bell, running back for San Diego State, got went undrafted as well to the Lions. Uh yeah, San Diego State puts out good running backs. That's kind of what they're known for. Yeah. So losing Greg Bell is gonna be kind of a big deal because he was a running back for San Diego State. How, I, I got to ask this.
1: Mm-hmm. How did a receiver from Air Force get taken? Granted, it wasn't the draft, it was undrafted, but how? We don't throw the ball.
0: Um, You do occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. And, you know, you don't need good collegiate production to be selected in the NFL. That's fair. You just need good physical traits. <laughs>
1: I, I will say he, he I believe he has some insane athletic ability, just probably part of the reason. we uh, the We're other talking about one Brandon Lewis, by the way. Yeah, it's Brandon Lewis free agent out of yeah, Air sorry. Force.
0: And then another Air Force guy actually got drafted, Jordan Jackson, defensive tackle in the sixth round, went to the New Orleans Saints. Again, you're talking high
1: athleticism guys here. They're not gonna be the biggest guys out on the field, but they very well might be some of the fastest. Um, Jordan Jackson's a disruptor uh, all the way through. Uh, that's what he was known for in college. And like I said, Brandon Lewis just surprised me. He's not a name that even – I listen and watch every Air Force game, and it's not a name I'm that familiar with. Uh, that's well, that's, that's what's how desperate me the Titans
0: are for wide receiver depth.
1: Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't think either of these guys are going to be too hard to replace. One, because the Air Force usually has about 14 defensive tackles on the roster anyway, right. and they rotate through them mid-game. And then, uh, yeah, we don't really use receivers the way you should use receivers. Receivers are just additional skinny, skinny linemen for us. Yeah,
0: definitely. (laughs) I mean, your linemen are skinny as it is, so. Yeah, I said additional, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's jump to the talent coming in now. 2022 recruiting classes for these schools. Of course, Boise State's at the top of the conference. Yeah. San Diego State's next in line. Fresno State's next. I mean, it, that's the three you would expect, right? Uh, San Jose State being above Colorado State is a little bit surprising to me, but they're neck and neck. So, kind of, what does it matter? Only Air have Force two, is doing four stars. Yeah. Before you get there, I do want to say only two four stars coming into the conference. One to Boise State and one to Wyoming, of all places. So, interesting to see there. No five stars coming in to the Mountain West in this class. And uh, the most three stars is also a tie between Boise State and Utah State. So, some good recruiting going on. The bulk of the recruiting, though, definitely happening, happening down in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, I- at the Air Force Academy.
1: So there's something that we need to <laughs> highlight here because this is very
0: misleading as it is. Yes. Uh, because, because
1: Doug, the scholarship limit
0: is how many 85. per class twenty? How many per, oh, oh, per class? per class 25. Okay. Yeah, Air
1: Force brought in 46 recruits. Yeah. And now let me explain that to you. We don't get scholarships there. Fun fact. <laughs> right. We all just go right. for free. Um, so, yeah, Air Force yep. is approaching this with the the entire – um recruiting by bulk method. Uh it's one of the few benefits the service academies have. Uh yeah they pulled in 46 recruits but don't think that we're cheating only eight of them were three stars. The rest of them were probably no stars. So yes.
0: and how many of those guys are going to go to the prep school, school for a year?
1: <laughs> I would guess almost
0: all of them. 30 of them.
1: But see three. but when they go to the prep school man <laughs> that counts as their red shirt year
0: technically. Right. Exactly. So, so all good.
1: Yeah <laughs> We'll get
0: 46 new guys on the
1: field next year.
0: So I think the best way to look at recruiting classes is not via total recruits or the number of whatever star recruits you got. It's in the average average. rating. And the highest average does not belong to Boise State. Actually belongs to San Diego State. So while they brought in a couple of fewer guys and they didn't get a four-star, overall, technically, I would say they did better than Boise State recruiting. Which that's kind of fair. it's those two schools back and forth the best recruiting in
1: the conference i I will say Air Force is a very nice average though eighty
0: one point six nine Nice <laughs> same as most small conferences, group of five conferences. Uh, a lot of the mountain West lives and dies by the transfer. If you can't recruit like Boise State can, you kinda have to live and die by the transfer. So well, hold on, Boise State's also living and dying by the transfer based on this year. <laughs> I mean, they have a quarterback coming in and they have a tackle coming in. Yeah. But it's it's not as big of a deal as all of the guys following their coach from Nevada to Colorado My State. God. <laughs> Nevada has been absolutely gutted. Fresno State cleaned up with some Power 5 transfers. They got a quarterback, offensive lineman, running back, receiver, a couple of defensive guys. I mean, wow, Fresno State's loaded up with a couple of big-name guys, a couple of Oregon players following their coach down to Nevada now. Interesting. And Hawaii actually brought in a couple of transfers, which, amazing. How did they pull that off? (laughs)
1: <laughs> including including a running back from Air Force, which is going to be a massive deal. That is
0: huge.
1: Um, right. Because, again, Air Force tends to
0: hoard running backs, and generally speaking, they're all workhorses. San Diego State brought in a couple of guys from Washington and a quarterback from Virginia Tech. So interesting to see what San Diego State's able to do there.
1: What a name. And, uh, Braxton Burmeister. <laughs>
0: Utah State bringing in quite a few power five guys as well obviously they didn't work out at the power five level but you know finding some playing time at a group of five schools happens all the time yeah. interesting to me Levi Williams quarterback formerly of Wyoming headed to Utah State as well it's really rare to see quarterbacks transfer inside the conference but we also just saw a head coach transfer inside the conference so I guess and anything goes as well as half the team yes. Wild. I think Bug would enjoy that quarterback, one of the former backups for Tennessee, uh, Harrison Bailey, is not going to be playing for UNLV, the school where quarterbacks go to be forgotten.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Uh, No real big name guys, I would say, if you're transferring to Mountain West from a Power 5 school, that probably means you were like second or third on the depth chart. And just need to find some playing time. But at the same time, all these guys were high enough touted recruits. They were brought into Power 5 schools at one point. So it could be a big boon of talent for one of these Mountain West schools. Uh, Some outgoing guys. uh, Really only highlighted here the guys going to Power 5 schools. Except for we do have a running back headed to Sam Houston, which I thought was kind of cool. Sam Houston is about to be an FBS program. Almost.
1: Full send. Uh Yeah, it looks like Air Force lost a lot of the running back room, but like I said, the reality is we have like, like 87 games. running yeah. backs
0: on this roster of Fun 85. Fact,
1: if they're if they're listed as quarterback, they're also a running back.
0: If they're <laughs> listed as defensive tackle, they're also a running back. It's it's, right. it's kind of like the Marines, the where Academy. every
1: every Marine is a rifleman, every Air Force right. Falcon is a running back. Like this is exactly it goes.
0: exactly. <laughs> Rashad Ajayi, corner Colorado State. That name, probably a little bit familiar. Ajayi. I asked
1: if that's his brother.
0: I believe they are related. I don't know if they're siblings. That's fair. I was going to say, I
1: see the country roads are taking him home.
0: Yes. Very exciting. Uh, Also has a teammate coming with him. Tight end, Brian Polendi. I think that's always so fascinating, seeing guys going from Power 5 schools together, two group of five schools, and then yeah. in this case going from group of five school to power school together. It's really cool. Um, also had a couple of guys headed from Nevada to Washington State. Same kind of a deal. I think that's just kind of cool.
1: It is. No, it definitely is. Because it kind of shows the the, um...
0: the sorry, never dies. <laughs> sorry, I just saw Isaiah Holiness's name yes. and I got distracted. There's a reason I've added him to the list, even though he's transferring to UMass. Uh, his name is Isaiah Holiness. <laughs> I got
1: very distracted. I am sorry. I lost my entire train of thought.
0: And you didn't even see Zazavian Valade yet. Running back at Arizona oh, no, State.
1: I do, but that's not as fun as Isaiah Holiness.
0: Dude's name is Zazavian. Come on. <laughs> Oh man.
1: X's don't make Z sounds.
0: They do when I'm that not. That looks saying. like Xavian. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to some players to watch. Uh who are the real big time names that you should look out for if you're watching the Mountain West this year? I will start us off with uh Brad Roberts, running back, Air Force.
1: Bro, both him and Hazeek Daniels, you have both up here. Yeah, that's that's a powerful combination to have. But here, here's yeah. the deal. Here's why it's Brad Roberts. Um, if you have less than three yards to the first down, just don't even try because Brad Roberts will get you that three yards. He is that old school three yards and a cloud of dust type of uh type of fullback, and I mean a true fullback, and he he hits the hole and he hits it hard. Um. Anywhere near the goal line, yeah, he's getting the ball. Uh, it's That's just how Air Force does it, and
0: they're good at it.
1: They don't need to break it outside. They're going to kill you with the clock, and Brad Roberts is the key to killing you with the clock.
0: So I know you brought up Zeke Daniels there, and I do like him. I think he is a really good quarterback. He's, Surprisingly good for considering he plays in Air Force. Right? I was going to say,
1: he's got the best arm I've seen out of Air Force in a while, and that
0: actually started to translate
1: last year. Air Force right. did start to try and throw the ball a little bit more uh, later in the year. It took us a bit to get there. Uh, there were one or two games where we had zero pass attempts, um, but we won those games, so it was okay.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say, even though we're talking about Hazeek Daniels, the best quarterback of the conference is definitely Jake Hanner at Fresno State. I don't think it's very close, honestly. He's. No, it's. Uh, yeah, that's. He's better than Carson Strong was, and Carson Strong thought he was going to be a first-round pick. So. But,
1: but is he better than <laughs> what Derek Carr was? No. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> uh, the best tight end in the conference? Well, we saw a couple of them leave via the draft, but San Diego State has another good one and going to be in contention for that title. Mark Redman is very good. Uh Sam Olson at San Jose State is another really good tight end to keep your eyes on if you love tight ends, which of course the Mountain West loves tight ends. That's like the one of their biggest uh products in the draft every year. That and running backs. So Titus
1: Sven Sven. I don't care. Titus.
0: Yes. That is a guy who exists. Also, I do want to highlight guard out of Utah State, Quazel White, because his name is Quazel. (laughs) That's amazing. He's also projected to be first team all-conference. So if you can be Quazel and good, that's amazing. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, On the defensive side of the ball, we don't have Chad Muma anymore. Chad Mumma would have been the one and only guy we would have talked about if he were here last year. Yeah. Uh, but this is this year, not last year, so we're talking about uh, some defensive linemen instead. I would say Scott Matlock at Boise State is pretty dang good. Uh, VME FECO at San Jose State is pretty good. I, I see. To- is pretty good.
1: see Fresno State's coming in with uh, knockoff whiskey at safety. Yes.
0: Evan Williams is probably the best safety in the conference. Not the best whiskey in the conference, though. Um, Ajani Carter is probably going to challenge him for the best defensive back in the conference. Ajani Carter being corner out of Utah State. Blessman Ta'ala is just a great name. Defensive tackle from, from Hawaii.
1: I love Hawaii names, man.
0: <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to say the other one. <laughs> it's yep, it's great.
1: <laughs> it's almost as bad as Diego from
0: uh from Navy. Yeah. Yeah. There's another <laughs> there's another guy with that last name in the Mountain West this year and he's not on the list. <laughs> Didn't want to go there. Uh it's You got to pronounce it very French. It's (laughs) Fagot. Right? Oh, man. (laughs) So, we got some great players to watch out for. Uh, I think it's time to go ahead and talk about who we think is going to win this whole dang thing. And, Bugs not here, but he does have his pick as well. And, I guess we should start off with him. He has Air Force... Versus San Diego State in that conference championship. Very much looking forward to that. If that were to happen, that would be incredible. That game that's last year was cl- incredible. Yeah. That game every year that happens is just a downright classic. So, if that's actually the championship game, I would be very excited. Uh, it was the championship <laughs> game a few years back. Yeah, it was. Yep. But that's not San what Diego you State predicted. What do you think is going to happen in the Mountain West?
1: So... We were talking about this earlier. Um, the The Mountain Division is going to come down to Air Force, Utah State, Air Force, Boise State, Those the, and then yeah. Boise State, Utah State. Those three games alone, regardless of whatever else happens, is right. going to determine who wins the Mountain West. Or the, the Mountain, I'm sorry. Um, looking at that, I'm going Air Force in that this year. They have a ton of experience returning. The stars just seem to be aligning. And you, you were asking me last year, man. You get, Air Force is good for a randomly baller season for absolutely no reason. Yeah. And and the stars are lining up. And I think I told you last year is was going to be this year or next year. So right. I'm, I, I'm staking my claim on this year right now. Uh, so Air Force is going to come out of the mountain. And I think Fresno State is going to take the, take the west. I think they've got the easiest road to it. Um, but, again, that's going to come down to the San Diego State matchup. Uh, for Fresno State as
0: well. It's got to be between those two teams. So I actually like Air Force out of the mountain as well, which it sounds at some point like we're making homer picks because who in their right minds would take Air Force over Boise State or Utah State? Here's my thinking. Air Force is equally talented and experienced with the best of them, and they get those games at home. Yep, that's it. That's huge. That's huge. And I think Air Force wins the division. I mean, Falcon
1: Stadium might not be as a high profile of a home field advantage as Boise State with their blue turf or as, you know, Brian Denny with the load of people they put in there. (laughs) But it is a home field advantage. There is a lot of things that go on there that, frankly, I hope make it into the new ESPN college football game that make the atmosphere fun and really do get in the heads of, of right. the opponents. I like to think. Right.
0: So I have out of the West, I think you and bug are right. It's probably going to come down to Fresno state, San Diego state. I'm going to say Fresno state right now. I'm just siding with the better quarterback. I would say for the championship game, that's not a neutral site. Is it? It goes to whoever had the better record.
1: They've or gone back and forth. Goal. I think it is better record now. It used to be at uh, Empower Field at Mile High Stadium, but I think it does go back. I, I got to look it up because they've gone back and forth on the way they do it.
0: I just have a feeling Air Force is going to drop another non-conference game or something, and Fresno State's going to have the better record, and that's going to make the difference. Was was my thinking there? I would say Fresno State probably wins the conference, but this is a heck of an Air Force team. No, I. What do you, sorry, what do you know? I, Looking something up.
1: Yeah, I was. I think it is. I think it is home field to their highest record. Okay. And, and no, I'm I'm with you. Um, I I hope Air Force pulls this one out this year uh we don't have a mountain west championship yet i'm i'm this is where my homer picks gonna come in i'm gonna stake my claim with them uh I'm not gonna be as ridiculous as Ben predicting an undefeated season for air force um we're we're not there uh we have a good team, but we're not there uh looking at our our uh conference or our schedule this year we got oh there's a chance um our non-conference <laughs> games, our non-conference games are you uh, and I, so Northern Iowa, uh, yeah, Northern <clears throat> Iowa,
0: Boulder, the worst team in the Pac-12, Colorado,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I, I said Boulder, Navy but yeah, Army. CU, yeah, and then, yep. So there, there's a chance this year, uh, the Battle of Colorado is going on this year, where once again I will uh, stake my claim that Air Force is the best football program in Colorado. But uh yeah, there there's a chance we go undefeated. I don't think it's gonna happen. We drop a dumb game. Uh especially is that on the road at at Wyoming? At,
0: yeah. At San Diego State. At Wyoming. It's even dumber. That probably you probably lose that one.
1: <laughs> That's we we cannot win at Wyoming. I I don't know right. why,
0: but we cannot win
1: at Wyoming. Um uh, so I'm not gonna predict the undefeated, but I will predict that Air Force Air Force breaks out the uh Breaks out the Mountain West championship flag for the first time. We've only been to one Mountain West championship. It was against San Diego State. We got our, our shit kicked in. Um, yeah. yep. We have a couple whack championships, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, those were whack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So that is the Mountain West predictions for you. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those good places if you want to disagree. Or even agree with us. I mean, I'll take that too. Uh, Twitter, at BDT Football. Facebook, BDT Football. Instagram, BDT underscore football. Uh, you can also head to our website, BDTFootball.com. And we have an email address at that website, mailbox at BDTFootball.com. Or if you are so inclined, I mean, hit us up on Patreon.com slash BDT Football and join our Discord server and talk to us all the time. I'm totally down for that. So, hell yeah. so we have one more thing to get into this episode and I don't know about you but I'm very excited for bracket time every single week I know our social media polls were popping this week It's very exciting I'm going to give a huge shout out
1: to everybody who voted that was absolutely fantastic this was our greatest run yet absolutely on it guys I love it
0: so we have a couple of great matchups this week. Should be some good conversations. We're going to start ourselves off with Beaver Stadium up against Tedeku Stadium. Yeah, social media went with Penn State here. I don't blame them. <laughs> I don't blame well, I, them.
1: <laughs> I, I don't blame them either, but I don't know how much longer Penn State's going to be able to hold it off. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to go with, with with Beaver Stadium as well. But man, they don't really, their traditions don't strike a lot of pride. uh, Well, it's also, it's also,
0: it's a huge stadium. Yeah. It's one of the largest in the entire world. But it's also very bland. Yep. Right now, it's a bland stadium versus an objectively bad stadium. So, (laughs) Penn State gets the nod, obviously. Actually, I think they went undefeated on social media. They did. Which, right, of of course they did, because Tadeku is not good. But, I mean, I think you're right. I don't know if they'll survive too many more rounds. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Should be some interesting conversation. I have a lot to say about Beaver Stadium. I want to save some of that for future rounds. Yeah, that checks. Next up, we do have Furrow Field at Memorial Stadium. Uh... There are so many stadiums called Memorial Stadium. We're going to call this one Frofield, Field, uh, University of Missouri, or the Zoo, <laughs> as they they like to be called. Up against Davis Wade Stadium at Scott Field. Again, one of those messed up names. Mississippi State here. Uh, social media did go with Davis Wade Stadium. And I'm kicking over to you. What do you think?
1: Man, I, I'm inclined to agree. I will say this one was not a sweep. So that's that's – Fantastic news! Progress. Um, <laughs> I, dude, I, I, was looking at it. The only thing that carries Mizzou for me is I believe they had actual, actual grass down there. But again, it's, mm. it's, it's a bland stadium. It's nothing that makes me excited to go to a game there. There's no real traditions. They got the curse of the north end zone, but even looking that up, they consider themselves cursed from the fr- north end zone, right. like. No, you're not going to get any credit for me there. So I don't know if this is so much me praising Mississippi State as it is me asking Mizzou what they have going on there and moving on Mississippi State because I have less questions about
0: them. I kind of agree. I also, as weird as it looks, I like the way Mississippi State flares up on the sides so much. It kind of yeah. it makes it look interesting, at least. Which Especially from the, does
1: not, especially from the end zone view,
0: right? right? So Mississippi State Davis Wade Stadium is moving on here. Takes us to the next matchup of the day. We have a. <laughs> I I I yeah. Slides. That's all right. Uh, no, next I did. One, I fixed. We, yeah. we have a classic Notre Dame Stadium up against another stadium called Memorial Stadium. This one's from Indiana. Uh, we don't have an aerial view of that end zone filled in, but it is filled in on that bottom picture here. You can see they did a lot of work to fill that in. That was happening last time I was there, and it's complete now. It does look pretty good. It is all filled in. But social media went with Notre Dame Stadium because of course they did.
1: (laughs) Man, it's tough for me. Nothing Nothing gets me excited about Memorial Stadium. The name is, well, the same as everyone else's. Right. The stadium is, it's your classic design, which I love. It's got the flared bowl look on one side. Um, right. I just... And then and then there's no real traditions behind it to, to get me excited either. Right. Notre Dame has has traditions. Notre Dame has a bunch of fun stuff there. I, it's
0: some real history to it.
1: Exactly. It, Indiana hard. just
0: can't can't replicate. You can't re- create a history out of thin air. You know, building your stadium when they did. And Notre Dame's been around so long as for good as long as they are and all that all that. So it's
1: I mean and Notre Dame has bagpipes in their band, which is absolutely fantastic. Right.
0: <laughs> so Notre Dame's moving on here. Yeah. Uh, and the last Matchup of the day. Camp Randall Stadium up against Rice Eccles Stadium. Social media went with Rice Eccles Stadium.
1: So, so I, I do want to throw this out there. This one went both ways.
0: Um, the Twitter poll was Randall definitely won, on Utah's side. <laughs>
1: Camp Camp Randall went eight and one on Instagram. But here's the caveat. Yeah, Utah went, or Rice Eccles went, uh, nineteen and five on Twitter. So the U- <laughs> the Utes fans came out and they came out in force for this vote, uh, and, and I love it. But uh, effectively, social media was split, giving us a total yeah. of a yeah. is it twenty to thirteen voting. Yeah. That's absolutely fantastic, man. I'm going to kick um, it to you first. I'm going to let you run with this one. You have a lot a lot of good opinions here, and I want, you to, I want you to make them known.
0: Well, Utah fans aren't going to like them, I'll tell you that. It's I, not their job to like them. I really don't like squared-off stadiums all that much. Concur. I think it's hard to pull that off well, and Utah just doesn't pull it off well. Uh <laughs> Like, legitimately, I think the stadium design is bad. The location of the stadium, on the other hand, is pretty great, actually. It looks beautiful. And if you're in the stadium, I'm sure it looks great. But from what I've seen of it, not having been there, it doesn't it doesn't inspire me to want to go. Uh, as opposed to Camp Randall, which I know we've talked about, we don't necessarily love the traditional bowl without anything going on. Well Camp Randall has a little bit of something going on. There's a huge row of sweets on the top, which really contrasts with the upper deck on the other side. It's like a it's a bowl with some character added to it. And there's some really cool traditions at Camp Randall as well. I mean I don't even I don't even want to go there. I mean I'm sure you're about to start listing some off so I would go with Camp Randall here, no brainer. So here's my thing: because
1: I'm torn. I agree with you on on the squared-off stadium. Not a huge fan of it. It works for Utah, but again, I'm not not a fan of it. I do like the traditional bowl shape to a degree. So I I default down to to the to the to the traditions, like you're saying. And I'm looking at at uh, Utah's traditions here, dude. A lot of them are just standard fans doing fan stuff. Like I, right? You, you count false starts throughout the year. Cool. How many do you actually cause? Right. Not as many as you think you do. Right. Um. <laughs> yeah. But here's the difference maker <laughs> for me. Utah has the third down jump. I'm I'm proud of you guys. Good for you. <laughs> but you see, Camp Randall has become synonymous. Camp Randall has Jump Around. Yeah. And Doug, I'm assuming you put the note in there for, for Jump Around. Would you like to... I didn't. Okay, so... Did, did you know that when they do Jump Around, it registers on You dub Madison's Geology Department's Richter scale two miles from the stadium. Tell me that Tell me that doesn't give you home field advantage going into the fourth (laughs) quarter. Because they do it between the third and fourth quarter. Tell me that doesn't give you home field advantage. Tell me that doesn't separate your stadium from anywhere else you play. You can't. I'm I'm with you. I think we need to we need to push on Camp Randall. I this is tough because I Right, There's such a good vote out there for Utah. And we've had such a good turnout. I almost want to give it to them and say, guys, we listen to you, please vote more. But I don't know if I can take Camp Randall out this early. Uh, man, it,
0: oh, God. I know, it's really brutal. I, I know Bug would be with us, too. Camp Randall is the obvious choice here. We just happened to tap into a couple of Utah fans on Twitter.
1: And they <laughs> ran with it.
0: I know, <laughs> which uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I hate to give that up, but at the same time, Camp Randall is—it's the—it's better a better
1: stadium. stadium. It's a better stadium all
0: the way around. Everything about it. So, so, so if
1: if you guys are listening to us out there, uh, if if you're watching us, guys, please continue to vote. Uh, I I think now we have a way forward. I think we could tap into everybody's market, which would be interesting. Um, but no, like for real. If we can start getting these kind of votes, I will start taking my opinion out of it and just letting the fan bases fight each other for the best stadium, which will drive us to the best fan base. I'm just saying. I'm just
0: throwing it out there. Right. I mean, we need a lot more votes than what we're getting right now. So, 100%, yeah. Hop on Twitter, at Football. Make sure your, vo- your voice is heard in our next votes, because we have four more matchups next week, and they are some pretty interesting ones. So, first up, we have another Memorial Stadium. <laughs> this but, one's but Texas Darryl, Memorial Stadium, though. I
1: was going to say, it's Darryl K. Royal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Darryl K. Royal, Texas Memorial Stadium.
1: Manning's new home. Yeah.
0: Up against Ryan Field, which is... That's a, that's, that's a tough one for Ryan Field, i got to what, say.
1: What's the stadium name?
0: Ryan Field. I know. I know. That hurts. (laughs) Next up, we have Lane Stadium up against Boone Pickens Stadium. I mean, if you're talking about a tough draw, that's a tough draw for Lane Stadium. That is a tough one for Boone Pickens, too. Lane Stadium's, like, pretty. As far as ACC stadiums go, Lane Stadium's iconic.
1: That's not saying much.
0: Okay, but as as far as two, one of the Power 5 conferences go. Two
1: teams in the ACC don't even have their own fields. Fair.
0: <laughs> Fair. Next matchup, talk about a tough matchup for David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium.
1: Oh, dude, I, I was going to say it's a tough draw for the Rose Bowl. <laughs> I, I don't know how they're going to be able to do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the granddaddy of them all up against Kansas. And then, <laughs>
1: oh my god, that's yeah, the granddaddy versus Kansas.
0: You know, it's true. And then, 100%. next up, next up, we have a children's hospital up against an engineering school. <laughs> oh my god, you are getting <laughs> brutal, and I love it. No, Kinnick Stadium up against Ross Aid Stadium, actually, two very cool stadiums. Kennick Stadium is the only stadium in college football named after a Heisman Trophy winner. We've talked about Kinnick, Niall Kinnick, uh, extensively in our Heisman bracket. And Ross-Ade Stadium is not named after a Heisman winner. <laughs> oh <laughs> that's, a, that's a true fact about it. <laughs> oh, my God. No, we have some fun matchups next week. Make sure you get out and vote. Uh, Looking forward to those conversations. And we'll dive very much so deeper into the traditions and stuff as we get deeper into the bracket. Some of these stadiums are like, some of them are truly iconic and we have a lot to say. I don't want to blow our load too early, like with Beaver Stadium, right? Are we really going to talk about all the whiteout stuff just yet? I have a lot to say about the whiteout. And we're going to see another round of them. So stay tuned for some extensive conversations on all these stadiums make sure you your vote in on our social medias already shouted them out a couple of times they're also scrolling along the bottom and if you're listening to us via audio the links should be in the podcast description with that being said that's all i have for this episode of the big dudes in the trenches podcast i'll hand it over to you man do you have any parting shots for us
1: Man, I just as we get closer, I'm
0: getting more and more excited for football season. Um,
1: Definitely. I'm i I'm gonna be I'm gonna be missing the next couple weeks, I think, but uh, I'll get back as soon as I can, ready to hit the ground running, ready to uh, to enjoy it here. Uh, but man, football's coming quick, and I can't wait.
0: Absolutely, dude. I love football. I'm, I'm
1: leaving a blank because <laughs> I'm waiting for Ben to say a dad joke because that's usually my cue.
0: Um, and it's just, it's not working right now. Do you want me to try my hand at him?
1: If you got a dad joke, man, send it.
0: Uh, Why did the elephant sit on the marshmallow? Why? So he wouldn't fall in the hot chocolate.
1: Oh, my God. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that is clearly all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for listening. And just remember you can't win a game if you can't win the